Hey, Jumbo. Hey, again. All right, so uh, today, I think, is the day that Detective Comics issue 1000 comes out. God damn. Uh, last year, Action Comics 1000 came out, and uh, they did a big 80-page issue with multiple writers and artist teams writing various short stories about Superman and what it means to them. Okay. But it also had a... Setting up the next era of Superman. It had the first Brian Michael Bendis Superman thingy in it. Bendy. And that's very much the case with this uh, over here. Detective Comics 1000 has a bunch of short Batman stories representing what people feel about Batman and Detective Comics. But it sets up two major things going forward that are going to be written by future Batman people. The first one I'm very excited about. It creates a new team of all detectives. Get it? Oh, God. Uh, now, this means Batman. But then also, like, weird characters. Like, Detective Chimp. <laughs> I love oh Detective Chimp. Don't even talk shit. He'll really? beat your ass. Yeah. yeah? No, he's the best. Um, and also Slam Bradley, who, uh, if you've never heard of, that's because he was in Detective Comics 1 through 26, and then they created Batman, and they were just like, forget forget about that guy. Oh my god. <laughs> so okay. they brought him back. Uh, he's always been in the DC Universe. He's just been relegated to, like, you know, a D-list. Uh, but also, like, all kinds of cool qu characters, like The Question, and, like, I, I don't know all the members of the team exactly, but it looks cool. Now, the other thing that's happening, though... In my opinion, maybe not everybody else's, is really, really dumb. Let me take you back a couple years, Justin. Do you remember a little game called Batman Arkham Knight? Yeah. And, uh, that game's okay. It's alright. Um, a lot of people complained about two major aspects of that game. Batmobile? Yeah, that's the biggest one. And I would say the story. Yeah. Okay. Um... Because they set up the Arkham Knight, this new character, as they set up and, you know, hyped up the game, Rocksteady. They said, oh, brand new villain for Batman, Arkham Knight, brand new character. No one's ever heard of it. And then it was, you know, spoilers. It was Jason Todd. It was just Jason Todd. It was just Jason Todd. That's stupid. Right? It was stupid. It was bad. Okay. So, guess who's coming to the comics now? The Arkham Knight. Is it Jason Todd? Let me tell you why this might not make any sense. <laughs> Jason Todd has come back already in the normal comics as the Red Hood. Yeah. Uh, he already doing stuff. He already exists. Batman already know who he back. So who the fuck this guy? New, Actually new guy? Actually new character? I, I guess. So I'm like, well, okay, maybe this will be interesting. But then I'm looking at the first page that the Arkham Knight appears on. And I, ooh. Uh-oh. Now, the art is cool. Uh, you can see it right here. His redesign. Uh, it's kind of cool. He has a, a sword now. Like, he's actually a knight. How about that? Right, right. Okay. Now, <sighs> I'm laughing just reading this over again. Here's the first things that he says. Batman, say it fast. Really fast. As fast as you can. Over and over. So what do you hear? Bad man. <laughs> oh. Bad. Man. Batman. Bad man. To me, now and forever, 
one and the same. The people of Gotham City deserve better than a dark night. They will experience the hand of a fair and true servant at work. <laughs> and they will bear witness to the Arkham Knight finally delivering justice to the Batman. Oh that is god. terrible. <laughs> oh my god. No. No. No, I don't want it. Put him back. I can't believe Zack Snyder was right and he was a bad man all along. Put him back. <laughs> oh my god. Put him back. As Miyazaki once said, comics were a mistake. Welcome to the Guh Show. That's Guh. Buh? I'm Guh. Juh. Guh! <laughs> we gotta record an episode one day where we just go, Buh? It's Buh. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> and no one, everyone just listens and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah. But th- 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 today is not that day. Thank God. Today we're gonna talk about other bullshit. Uh, including uh, Alien Resurrection, which is, huh. Ooh. 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 I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, Ooh. Jesby. Film is a masterpiece. Oh God, masterwork, better than Alien, better than Aliens, on par with Alien Three. <laughs> In the meantime, Gen, have you been playing anything new? No. Cool, I have. Okay. I've been playing Sekiro, Shadows of Dad Twist. Oh, Dark Souls, but not. Yeah, new Dark Souls guy game. Everybody, everybody, I think, was anticipating it to be like Dark Souls, and then it's not, and everybody's like, this game's bad, not for me. Return I, to GameStop. I haven't seen too much of that. Uh, I have from people that found it way too hard, because, uh, fun fact, everyone says Dark Souls is that really, really hard game, right? Yeah. This game's harder. I think so. Uh, by everything that I've seen. I, I think it's... Now, one thing that I think makes it kind of harder in nature, especially for people who are used to Dark Souls, is that it plays very differently. Yeah. The combat is entirely different, and it's based on it's based on parrying and flurries of attacks instead of, like, timing and, yeah. like, opponent rhythm. And it's it makes it very, very hard to get used to, especially at first. I was failing... When I first started playing the game, I was failing miserably, and I was trying to play the game like you would play Dark Souls, and I was getting my fucking ass kicked. Bad. Hell yeah. And then, once I started getting <laughs> used to it more, I'm getting my ass kicked less, but still getting it kicked pretty fucking hard. The game is really difficult, but it's fun. It looks so hard. It's a game that I would never play. I would probably do bad at Bloodborne, to be honest. And that's supposed to be one of the easier ones. Bloodborne's probably the easiest out of all of them, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I can't, I have difficulty with Devil May Cry. I don't know how the fuck I would do with this. Right, well, I mean, there, there are games made for people who like to take the, take the punishment, and, uh, kind really... of are down to do rinse and repeat shit, are down to be able to try and try again at things, and, like... I am, I am to a certain degree, but it really depends. Like, you know, I play games that are not easy sometimes, but these are games that I've been playing for ten years of my life. And I'm now okay at, right. you know what I mean. So it's a little different, a little different. 
I I enjoy it a lot, Sekiro. I uh, I like the new combat style that, that they went Get this ASMR for. right here. Oh. Oh, he just Ooh. cracked open a mountain pop. Oh, it's going to taste like... TM. T- uh, TM? TM. Oh, yeah, it's going to taste like PepsiCo International. Mm. Like the whole company? Yes, all of their employees. <laughs> oh, that's an interesting blend. Oh, God, that's terrible. Oh, yeah. God. No, well, that's, nah, that's just mountain. I should give her putting a bunch of, bunch of people in a blender, Gethard. <laughs> I've always wanted to do it. Uh, what 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 are you talking about? Sekiro? I was talking, yeah, I was talking yeah. about that game. It has a stealth mechanic to it, and it, it rewards you greatly for sneaking around. That's I, the most surprising part to me because it doesn't seem like that's an aspect in the other games. Uh, the AI is really stupid, and that is first, an aspect of the other games, right? And at first, I thought it was kind of dumb, but I appreciate it actually. Well, it makes the question not like like how do you exploit it honestly is what you're supposed to do sometimes. You know what I mean? Right. There's a lot of things that I felt that, like, seem to be a mechanic in the game that you wouldn't, at first, think is a mechanic in the game? Because, like, really? Is this what the game wants me to do? This janky shit? Like, do they actually want me to go kill one guy and then run away? And then go kill one guy and then run away and then just make it so that all the, like, you know, gun guys are gone? Yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, I think the game does want you to do that. Which yeah. is weird, because it doesn't feel like it should, from what I can tell. Right. It, it's... I think it, I like it. I like doing stuff like that, though. It, it's like solving a puzzle. It's interesting. Uh, you take... you could All the different approaches you could take to each area. Because realistically, you could just run in there and start swinging. You really could. It's just fucking hard to do that. And it, you'll likely get your ass kicked. Especially in areas with a lot of enemies. But like uh like how open it feels and how uh how how many like different paths there are cuz like I watched you play it for a long time then I watched your brother play it for a while. He was doing completely different stuff and then he was doing the stuff that you were doing. And I was like, I thought you would have done this already. I thought you were further than Justin. He was like, "No. I didn't do this yet." I was like, "I feel like you should have cuz this is easier than what you were doing." <laughs> Like, it lets you go to harder areas if you want to. Yeah, yeah, it does. It, it's fairly, it's a lot more linear compared to Dark Souls, as far as, like, the pathing and areas go. That makes sense from what I've seen of Dark Souls. Right, at Dark Souls, there's a lot of freedom with what you can do. But, uh, the, the, the mechanics of, uh, of, like, your leveling up and stuff like that is very different from Dark Souls as well, where you have a skill tree instead of... Uh, instead of like getting uh, souls and spending them on stats, you get you still get experience. You get experience for killing things, and it's just flat experience points, right? And then you you reach a certain amount, and you get you get an orby thing, and then you use the orby thing to orby things you get to acquire new skills, and that's all it is. Uh, it's Devil May Cry. The only way you can actually enhance stats is sort of similar through Dark Souls, where you have stuff you turn in. To get other things, like you could upgrade. You have a health flask, just like in Dark Souls. You could upgrade that by giving certain items. Gotta drink some m- m- gourd milk. Yeah, or whatever it is. Yeah, it's it's from it, the the item you drink from is a gourd. Interesting. That's what it's called. It's called a gourd. Uh, weird flex, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a uh, there's a cool mechanic with every boss you kill, every major boss you kill. 
they have like you get like this memory fragment thing from them and you turn it in when you're at when you're at a shrine or like a bonfire they're the same thing uh and it upgrades your attack power slightly so it's it's very so even like your stats kind of upgrade linearly which is very different from dark souls as well you only have you don't get a bunch of different weapons you just have your sword what you do get differently though are these uh these tools called shinobi tools you get with on your prosthetic arm you have in the game and they're like there are a bunch of different things you could do right now i have like thing throw shurikens i have a big old axe and the flame spitter and they're all really cool is getting your arm cut off and replaced with a cooler arm a trope at this point? Yeah. Because that's like in so many video games. in that one. It's in The New Devil May Cry that just came out at the same time. Uh, it's in Neo. It's in Metal Gear Solid Five, And, I mean, it's in stuff going all the way back to, like, Empire Strikes Back. Why is this a trope? I don't know. Why everybody got to get their limb cut off? Because it, it like, ooh, spooky. <laughs> go buy them. Everybody gets, you know, got to put that robot arm and go groovy. The uh, the game throws you into, into a first boss. It's meant to kill you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've heard you could kill that guy. Yeah, you though. could kill that guy. It doesn't change anything. No? What happens is, like, if you, ki- if you manage to kill him, you just knock him down, and then somebody else comes up and shoots at you with a gun, and then you get distracted, and the guy just stands up and cuts your arm off still. Oh, okay. So it doesn't change anything, but hey, you did the thing. Good That's job. That's cool. I, I, I like games that uh that uh, present you with like a boss fight that you can't beat, but then like you watch a speedrun of it, and like they do. <laughs> I don't know. That's always been funny yeah. to me. Much faster in this game just to eat shit in this, if you're speedrunning it. Yeah, no, I got gotcha, you. It but takes like... a while, because you're, you've, you don't have anything. It takes so long to kill him. Maybe you're trying to do a no-hit, which would be really hard on this game, but hey. If you did a no-hit run, I would I would take an exception to the first boss, so you're not wasting your fucking time. But I guess people probably aren't going to do that. I feel like a no-hit run on Sekiro is already wasting your time, so good I luck. mean, yeah. Well, people think that about Dark Souls as well. You realistically just have to like parry every attack. People have found out how to do that, and in this game, I think people are struggling to find out how to do that right now, because it is just too hard. People, like any game, will find out strats, galaxy brains, some strats later down the line, Right. that will be better than what people are doing right now in the game. Yeah, they'll, But they'll it just came there. out, so nobody knows. Yeah, they'll get there. I mean, the thing is, like, you, you could not get hit in the game if you're really good at parrying like, really good at it, and knowing exactly what to do when certain attacks are coming at you. So if you're very experienced with the game and know exactly what you're doing, you're going to get hit a lot less. Yeah. And it's very similar in fashion to Dark Souls with that, where you, you if you know what you're doing, the game is a lot easier. And uh, a big part of the game's brutal difficulty is the element of surprise it puts on you with enemy patterns and bosses and stuff like that. Yeah. So once you get used to it, it becomes way easier. A fun thing in that game that I appreciate, even though it is sadistic as hell, is uh, there are several enemies that are at first, when you first start playing the game, they are a boss. And then you keep playing the game, and now they're a common enemy type. Just walking around. Yeah, Dark Souls did that too. That's fucked up, man. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, I can't believe, you know, the mental gymnastics. 
I'm just like that fuck you. Occur when you go when you see that's three of that thing that was really hard for me to fight. In the first Dark Souls, there's an enemy you fight. There's this this big uh big looking guy with goat guy with two swords, right? Yeah. And you kill him, and it's a hard boss. And then you go to an area later in the game, and it's this big lava area. And you look down, and then there's just like in front of this temple, there's just a holy fuck ton of them, just there. And you have to fight two at a time with multiple intervals during it, and you're like, this sucks. <laughs> and the game doesn't play around, man. Those games do not fucking play around. They, they like to fuck with you. From Soft or Evil. I love them. Yeah. I love them so much. I love that game so far, actually. I think it's great. I think it's really fun. It's really challenging, but every time, like, you get so hyped when you finally conquer something. It feels so good. Yeah. It's great. It's a good reward system. All right, Gen. Well, I've mainly just been playing the same stuff and watching the same stuff. Uh, I just pre-ordered and bought Ace Attorney Trilogy on the PS4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to be playing that again. And God, I love that series. Is that, that next series week? Is great. I believe it's next week. The oh, beginning shit. of April, I think. Or maybe it's the end of April. So maybe it's a while. But whatever. I'll look it up. You keep talking to the kids. I bought it because I got my tax return. And I was like, let me just get it now so I get this stupid-ass 8-bit theme. And it's great. Great, stupid-ass 8-bit theme. Love hearing the Phoenix Wright music on my PS4. Feels weird. I'm so used to that being a Nintendo thing. It's not a Nintendo franchise. It's a Capcom franchise. But I've only ever played it on DS and 3DS. It it felt like it was almost a Nintendo franchise to me. It's weird. But, uh, I don't know. I've been mostly preoccupied with uh, other things. It's uh, It comes out on April 9th, which is a little under two weeks away. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, once I beat those three again, I might just start the other ones again. Because uh, six is one I've never finished. Six is great. Yeah, I'll it's have really to find good. a 3DS, maybe borrow yours. and uh, do, do Yeah, I still have it. I still have it on there. It's kind of why I kept it. I was thinking about getting rid of my 3DS, and I was like, I kind of don't want to lose the Phoenix Wright games. Because I, I have every single one on my 3DS. Yeah, so. because you got the trilogy... I got the trilogy. I got, I got a physical copy of Apollo. Yeah, and then I have four, five, six, uh, digitally on there. I hope Capcom releases sorry, five. So yeah, uh, no, sorry, I have four. Yeah, I have four physical, then five and six digital. I hope this is successful and Capcom re-releases the rest of them. But also, like, please release the ones you've never released here. God damn it! Please. Yeah, give I'm us- sick of games not coming out in America. Give that us come that- out everywhere else. Give us that dumb samurai game. Samurai the game? The Samurai game, and like the past game. Oh, yeah. Uh, past Phoenix Wright, hanging yeah. out with Sherlock Holmes. Right. Uh, there might be legal reasons that they can't do that, but I'm not sure, because there are like multiple versions of Sherlock Holmes in American cinema and television. I think the, So who knows? I think it's been long enough that the orig- like Sherlock Holmes might be actually copyright free. I think he should be. That, I mean, like, how else is there like four... Different interpretations of him going on at the same time. You know what I mean? Right. I, I don't think there's any kind of licensing on him anymore. It might be like a different thing for Japan to do it, but who knows? I don't know. Uh, please release those. That would be great. Thank you. No reason they don't bring shit over here is they don't think it's going to sell. Yeah, well, hey, if this sells, maybe it will. Right. Just everybody buy least, it. I would at least like Edgeworth 2. Damn it. Yeah, we need that. It's been too fucking long without that game. I heard it's amazing. I have two. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the first Edgeworth game, but it's still okay. Like I, I'll, you know, I'll suck a dick for more Phoenix Wright. 
Don't get me wrong. Yeah, for sure. Awkward silence. <laughs> no, I, I totally would too, Dan. Man, don't don't question me on that shit. I, I don't care if it's just like five circus cases in a row. I'll take what I can get. You know, it's whatever. I don't have to suck dick for a new Yakuza game because I get one every fucking year. Well. And they're always good. Well, hopefully. Hopefully no one else does cocaine in Japan ever Well, again. yeah. It didn't get delayed. Judgment did not get delayed. That's good. So, uh, it shouldn't because America doesn't give a shit about drugs. Well, they're, they're still replacing his character modeling game. Yeah. Which is what I thought they were going to do. Yeah. And I was right. They're just replacing uh, him in the game. I just think they're, uh, he was also in, uh, for, uh, I almost said Frozen, technically, but in Kingdom Hearts 3's Frozen segments, he's the voice of Olaf the Snowman. Oh. Yeah. Did you recall that game too? No, I, I that one's easier because he, you know, isn't like the likeness of Olaf the Snowman. Oh, okay. So they just have to replace the voice. I think that's just a patch. Um, I think so. But Japan is weird when it comes to that, and it's it's very depressing, and I hate it. Yeah, like does coke once, but by career. Buys child porn. You're good. Yeah, you're fine, man. It's great. Great. Thanks. Whew. Thanks, Japan. Japan. Fuckers. Uh. Anyway, let's talk about America being terrible. Oh shit! Not really. I don't know. I was just trying to. That's a bad transition for what we're talking about. Well, what do you? What do you, what do you talk about? I want to talk about a man named Zack Snyder. Oh yep. Here uh, we go. I briefly mentioned this in the the opening, even though I talked about a different dumb Batman thing. But uh, so you know what? What the main thing that he said that everyone's talking about, right? Yeah. Uh, it's uh. I it's... forget the actual quote, but he said like and fucking a lot. Uh. <laughs> Which is like what I try to avoid when I'm on, like, this podcast. Try to avoid saying like and fucking a lot, because that's boring to listen to. Right. But, like, fucking, I do it a lot anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but like fucking, man. Well, I mean, it's hard when you're trying to think of what you're going to say and trying to fill an hour and a half of time. I understand that. And, and sometimes when you're on the spot and you're just asked a question, it's hard to just come up with a good-sounding answer. But literally every time I've ever heard Zack Snyder speak, he sounds like that. Yeah. He's like an overexcited 15-year-old. It's, it's, it's very strange. Um, so, he is basically asked about what he thinks about people's responses to, like, his darker interpretations of Batman... And Superman. Uh, if you guys need a refresher, Superman uh, kills a guy in Man of Steel. And in Batman v Superman, it really looks like Batman kills a lot of people. Especially in that Batmobile segment. Oh my god. Now, me personally, I don't really care. I'm a huge fan of Batman and would prefer... That he don't kill people, but... And I would definitely prefer him not to kill people in, like, the main line superhero movies for your company. Like, it's a very, like, Elseworlds-sounding thing, you know what I mean? Like, in this universe, Batman kills people. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that on that level, but, like, if this is your main mainstream interpretation of Batman and you give us an edgelord version of him, that's weird. But he was very adamant that, uh... You know, everybody should just fucking shut up, man, and grow up. We live in a society. 
Oh my god. <sighs> god, it, it was very cringy. Jasmine, can you find out what he actually said? We could quote it. Yeah, sure, give me a sec. He's a fucker. Um, there's another thing I want to talk about. That isn't as being talked about as much, but I feel like it's more interesting. Yeah, he said something like, get over it. Yes, he did. Wake the fuck up, sheeple kind of kind of thing. <laughs> it's so stupid. Here we go. Uh, here's yeah. a quote. Someone says to me, Ben Affleck's Batman killed a guy, Snyder said during a Q&A after Watchmen screening event. I'm like, fuck, really? Wake the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, well, because I was sleeping during Batman v Superman. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I just fell asleep, dude. It was too much to handle. Once you've lost your virginity to this fucking movie, and then you come and say to me something oh about, my like, God. my superhero wouldn't do that, I'm like, are you serious? I'm, like, down the fucking road on that. It's a cool point of view to be like, my heroes are still innocent. My heroes didn't fucking lie to America. <laughs> my uh, heroes didn't embezzle money from their corporations. My heroes didn't commit any atrocities. That's cool, but you're living in a fucking dream world. <laughs> Is he saying Batman embezzles from his company? <laughs> saying he could. <laughs> Man, Bruce Wayne's a dickhead. Uh, that's kind of annoying when these are supposed to be the main heroes in the Justice League. <laughs> what are you saying, Wonder Woman embezzles from her company? No. Yeah, dude. Oh, God. All right, so... <sighs> Here's the thing. Zack Snyder is not a person who should be allowed to have his own ideas. Because, <laughs> like, you know... God, I sounded like Zack Snyder. Like fucking... Like fucking, you know... <laughs> I like Beavis and Butthead. Duh. No. Um... <laughs> Always coming back to that. Oh. It's similar. They shouldn't be allowed to have their own... He shouldn't be allowed to have his own ideas either. Yeah. Uh... Because sometimes we see what happens with the result of that. Deckard's uh, replicant. God. Um, Watchmen is an okay movie. I like it. Now, would I have r rather read the comic any day? Any day. The comic's a masterpiece. The movie is just like, man, I really would like to see Rorschach walk around. You can do it. You can watch the movie. But Snyder kind of misses the overall point in that movie. Because... He seems to think with his mission statement here that, you know, superheroes are layered and complex and don't necessarily have to be heroes. Like, to the T. Because they could be shitty. But, part of the point of Watchmen is how fucking awful the world would be if that was the case in a superhero universe. Right. When the heroes are dickheads. Everything sucks in that universe. You get the comedian who rapes people. You get Manhattan who's ambivalent about humans dying. You get Ozymandias who literally kills a million people at the end. You get Rorschach who's just like a complete dick. <laughs> and you get Night Owl who can't get it up unless he's wearing an owl costume. The worst crime of all. <laughs> That's the worst one, I think. So, I love Watchmen because it's an alternate take on comic book superheroes. 
Now, if Alan Moore decided to do that to like, and just the main characters were Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman, everyone would hate it. Oh yeah, for sure. Because it wouldn't be those characters. It would be turning them into something they're not. And that's kind of what you want to avoid doing. When you have, and like, you know, let's say you got like a guy who's like, oh yeah, I love Batman. Back when I was a little kid and I watched Adam West on the TV and then they take their kids to go see Batman v Superman and they're fucking appalled and they have to put their kids in therapy. (laughs) Is that really what you want to do with your movie? (laughs) I realize that like, you know, even comparing 60s Batman to like 80s Batman, there's a fair degree of maturity that comes with the character inserted into it at that point. Right. But there's still core values there that make sense. Even with Frank Miller writing the character. Yeah. And, not... and that's a whole nother can of worms that I don't want to open because he's a psychopath in his own right, at least now. Uh, but I just, think, I just think Snyder thinks it's cool and edgy to warp, to warp heroes in, in a, as make them dark and he thinks that's really cool and really edgy and really original. And it, it's I think at this none of point it's not because that's been how a lot of superheroes have been adapted in recent years. Right. It, it's become a trend. Ever since The Dark Knight was popular. It was in DC's entire mission statement until recently. Like Aquaman is a fun movie that doesn't take itself seriously and it's the most successful DC movie. Right. Justice League with all the characters in it was like the least successful DC movie. That should tell you something about how you handle the characters. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh-oh, it's Cat. Hey, bud. Uh-oh, it's Cat Meow. What do you think about Zack Snyder, Smudge? I agree. You got nothing to say. Nothing yeah. to say about that fucking Yeah, basically. Um, now, a diff- another thing that Zack Snyder said is something I want to talk about that isn't being talked about as much. That interests me way more and is way funnier, in my opinion. Uh, Let me start it like this. I think two months ago, Kevin Smith did a, uh, you know, what he does, a podcast, like a Q&A thing or whatever. But he talked about talking with visual effects workers and, like, other people that work on movies. I think they were, he was talking to people that was working on Star Wars 9. Uh, but they also worked on other movies. And some of them worked on Justice League. And they talked to him about the original plans for what Justice League was going to be. And at the time, this was all taken with, you know, a grain of salt. Because it's told secondhand to Kevin Smith from anonymous people that worked on movies. Right. So but... When Zack Snyder did this Q&A where he said this stupid shit, he also basically confirmed everything that Kevin Smith was telling us like two months ago. <laughs> so, Jusby, would you like to know what Justice League almost was? Yeah, sure. Okay, so um, Justice League was going to be three movies. Three? Yeah. Oh, God, okay. The first one was going to be pretty much what we got. With the exception of, uh, do you remember the trailers? There's this, like, shot where Jeremy Irons, Alfred, is bathed in green light. Do you remember that? Because lots of people were, like, uh, you know, 
making clickbait articles about that because it was like, is does this mean it's Green Lantern? And yeah. I laughed it off because I was like, there's no way Green Lantern's in this movie. We would have found out by now, right? It right. leaked. Right. If a whole other character was in this movie. You know what I mean? Like, it leaked immediately that Superman was in it at all. <laughs> you know? So, but here's the funny thing, Justin. He was supposed to be in that movie. There was supposed to be a new Green Lantern. He was going to appear. He was going to talk to Alfred. He, he was going to say, like, you know, I hope you're not too late to go help them. And he was going to show up and help them. That's why in the beginning of the movie, when they had, like, the whole war over the cube or whatever the stupid plot of that movie was, there were Green Lanterns there. They did set that up. They decided not to. Probably around the time when the reshoots began. Uh, you could kind of tell that DC was over the love affair. Yeah, with Snyder. With Snyder. Yeah. By that point. Now, obviously, there was terrible circumstances that led him to uh, leave the set and, and then entrust the movie to Joss Whedon, but it's not like Whedon like, got it and all of a sudden made it good, either. No, it was still bad. Oh, that movie was a mess. Now, the, the ending would have been changed to be open-ended about the second one. Uh, they would have saw Darkseid through a boom tube, the, the portals or whatever. Yeah. And he would have looked at them. And uh, I don't know if he would have said anything, but it would have set up the second movie. Which the second movie is Infinity War. Yeah, it's, it's Dark Side doing Dark Side. Shit. No, it's literally Infinity War. Let me oh. tell you. Uh, dark, they, so it, it expands the scope. We get more characters, you know, like Green Lantern's now more part of the cast. And maybe even Superman again. Because it's, 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 I can't really tell if Superman actually comes back originally in their first pitch for Justice League. I'm sure he does. It would make sense. Um, they expand the scope to space and also to Apocalypse and New Genesis. Those are the, like, you know, where Darkseid lives and where the, the um, uh, Orion and Mr. Miracle right. live. Uh, well, Mr. Miracle kind of lives in Earth. Whatever. That's that's too much to even talk about. I don't think they were going to have Mr. Miracle in the movie. Oh, God, no. Uh, it would be a little too much to introduce all those characters. But anyway... Oh, they would try it, though. The point, I would be surprised. Oh, well, yeah. I would uh, be surprised The, the point I'm it. trying to make is Darkseid wins at the end of that movie. Oh, of course. And he kills um, the Earth. He scorches the Earth. Yeah. And he kills, um, like, everyone in the Justice League. The only ones left alive are Batman and uh, Flash... And uh, part of Cyborg, not all of Cyborg. Which leads us to our third movie. Now! Remember in Batman v Superman, where Bruce Wayne had a nightmare? And it was in the desert. And he got chained up. And then Superman came in. And Superman yeah. was evil. Yeah. That was real! Oh, no. It was like a premonition? Because you remember that the Flash showed up right after that scene. And he was, like, warning Bruce about something. That was all real. That all really happened. That was him trying to warn him. That's what the third movie is. It's it's Batman, Flash, and remnants of Cyborg fighting against Darkseid's regime in an apocalyptic world. Desert world. And then they time travel to go back and fix everything. Ugh. Now let me let me let me uh, frame oh, fr let me frame oh. this so you understand what would have happened if this happened and how 
bad this would have tanked for DC and probably why it's a good thing they didn't do this. When did Justice League come out? Uh, was it 2017, right? Yeah. When did Infinity War come out? 2018. Mm-hmm. So, so there's no way they would have got the second part out before Infinity War came out. And Infinity War, of course, is the movie where Thanos wins and kills half of the Earth and kills half of the Avengers. And then the year after that, we're getting Endgame. Which is where the Avengers presumably time travel to fix this so that not everyone died. Right. Around the same time as that comes out, I assume Justice League 2 comes out. Which is the movie where (laughs) Darkseid kills the Justice League. (laughs) So they would have been one step behind yet again. Just like when they were a step behind with even making Justice League at all. Avengers already happened. There were several movies before it. Just like the initial plan, DC was trying to go on fast forward. They were trying to get to Infinity War in like five movies. You can't do that. No, the reason why Infinity War... There's 20 movies! Right, there's so much behind it and that's what makes it impactful. That blows my mind so much and makes me laugh deep in my soul. (laughs) It fucking sucks. How do you think that's going to work? Now, it it does line up, and I believe it completely, because Snyder would do that. Snyder would be like, oh, that's so dark and metal. So edgy. That everyone fucking dies. And there's like a couple like described moments from people, like Dark Side boom tubes into the bat cave and kills Lois Lane. Like, fucking melts her with his heat eyes, man. And then, like, Superman's evil, so Superman doesn't care. And that's, like, fucking, like, yeah, take your kids to go see that movie. <laughs> they'll love Fuck it. Yeah, dude, they'll, they'll be all about it. Man, I bet kids cried at Infinity War, even, and that's just them turning oh, yeah. into dust. My God. how What a dumb idea. And it got really far ahead. Uh, there's elements of that that I like. But the problem is, is it's just what Marvel's doing. And, like, you know... It's hard to say who came up with what idea first because comic books do the same shit as right, each all other the time. all the time. So, but when it's in the movie theaters and the biggest movies that people are going to see, it seems a lot more it seems a lot more evident. Do you know what I mean? Right. It, yeah. it would look like they copied Marvel. Oh yeah, everybody would just write it off and be like, "Yeah, you copied Infinity War." And so it's, shit. and that doesn't sound like Darkseid to me either. Darkseid's usually someone that makes other people do his bidding. Uh, he's not really like a Thanos where he does it himself. Right. Usually. Now, it seems like they were turning him into a more Thanos character. Which, that's annoying. Um, they're supposed to be different. I know they look exactly the same, and they often have the same role. But usually their motivations are entirely different. Right. Uh, and I think movie Thanos, they did a really good job by making him have a personality and not just be, I'm angry and want to kill everything because I want to fuck the concept of death. Yay! Yay! So I just want to talk about that because what? <laughs> if I we, fucking if hate If we it. haven't learned anything on this, sh- in, on this show, if we've learned anything on this show... It's the things you don't do 
to your movie franchises. <laughs> this is a, the is guide. That... Is the Gen and Jub show? <laughs> oh my god! I I can't fucking I can't stand some fucking Zack Snyder. But DC is uh, DC has taken corrective measures. They noticed that the Justice League was going to be a train wreck, so they made it one movie. And at the end of that one movie, there's not really a cameo by Darkseid. There's no hint that that's going to happen later in the future. Instead, they had a hint that there's going to be an evil Justice League. But I'd be surprised if they make another Justice League because it didn't do well. Right. Yeah. But you know what did well? Aquaman. And you know what's going to do well? Shazam. Shazam's sitting at a 93% right now. And I think that's going to be a big hit. Yeah, I think so too. I it think looks it looks like fun. It looks like a lot of fun. I think people want that now. Now, there's a, you know, Infinity War, as depressing as it is, is still fun. There is a niche for more depressing superhero f- fare, but maybe it's not with Superman and Batman. Well, Batman would be a better fit. Well, yeah, but maybe Batman's... not in the team-based movie. That's kind of weird. Right. At least not out the gate. At least not out the gate. Maybe like, later down the line. Like, you don't need a piss jar. <laughs> That's a very Zack Snyder's decision. <laughs> Lex Luthor pisses in a jar, dude, because he's fucking crazy, man. <laughs> Ooh, how edgy, man. Oh, man, he just needs to go make the Fountainhead or whatever the fuck he wants to do already. Not get out of DC. <laughs> maybe, they'll, maybe they'll be okay in the future. He's making a straight-to-Netflix uh, zombie movie. He's going back to zombies. If you remember, he did the Dawn of the Dead remake. Right. Which isn't bad. It's okay. But it's no Dawn of the Dead. It's not even a Return to the Living Dead. It's not even a... It's not even a... Resident Evil 1, in my opinion. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, maybe it's better than Resident Evil 1. I take that back. Uh, It has some cool ideas. Zombie Baby was a great scene. Oh, that's fucked up. But... Again, that's very on brand for Snyder. Wouldn't it be fucked up? <laughs> Wouldn't it be fucked up if they had a fucking baby? Like, and it was a zombie. Whoa! Like, you think there can't be zombie babies, dude? Fucking wake up! This is the real world. <laughs> oh, fuck them! Oh, hey, not talking about it this week. But speaking of zombies, tune in next week for me to um vomit. <laughs> About The Walking Dead. Fuck yeah. The season will be over next week. Now, I, I kind of want to talk now. Because they basically pulled a fucking season finale stunt in the episode before the season finale. But I'm going to wait and see whatever that episode so they actually do a Game has of Thrones? in it. Uh, that's always been the format for Game of Thrones, though. The finales on Game of Thrones are never interesting. Or at least right. as interesting. Right, it's always the episode before. Yeah, usually, there, there's exceptions to the rule. Like, season six had the uh, the big uh, wildfire explosion in yeah. the finale. Right. But right before that was Battle of the Bastards, right? So that it's kind of like, you know, it, it's, it, it, it is and it isn't. Yeah. Um... But yeah, like usually it's the episode nine. Episode nine is where Ned dies. Episode nine is where the Red Wedding happens. Episode nine was the big fight at the wall. You know, that that's usually the real finale. And then ten is just like the window dressing for the next season. Until now, when it'll actually fucking end the show. <laughs> right. We're getting to that soon, by the way. But yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll be talking about that every week. Probably. The Walking Dead uh, usually doesn't do that. So that was interesting. Um... But there, I have problems with it. I have problems with the entire eight episodes as a whole. Um, 
And uh, as a whole, with where the show can go in the future. So I'll just talk about it next week once I have that last episode in my head. Because who knows what the fuck that is. It looks very different and not like anything from the comics that I can really remember. We'll see what it is. It's wintertime episode. That's something that they don't do ever in the comics. Not since, like, issue, like, seven. I don't think I've seen the winter in a long time. Oh, well. Yeah. But I'll be next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched something. What? I watched watched a Netflix documentary called Beyond the Curve. Okay. It is a documentary about flat earthers. Oh, no. Yep. Uh, uh, oh no! It was very interesting. It uh, introduced you to a cast of characters who are big personalities on Flat Earth, YouTube and shit, uh-huh. who are now probably losing all of their fucking money because YouTube has had it with the conspiracy theory shit. Interesting. Well, but, uh, I don't know how harmful Flat Earth is, at least compared to, like, Alex Jones kind of conspiracy theories. Yeah, I mean, it's technically... Out of all, it's stupid as fuck, but it's not really harmful. Yeah, out of all the popular conspiracy theories, flat Earth is probably the least harmful, and that's usually then that's probably why it has the most people behind it out of any conspiracy theory. Especially yeah. now, the internet age really popularized it for some reason. There's always been people that thought the Earth was flat because they're just they they just can't they can't do it for some reason. They think the government's lying to them and they don't trust NASA. They don't trust people trying to explore space. Don't trust the government. Which, hey, I don't either. You can't trust, but... uh, <laughs> but you can't trust the uh, scientific data from multiple countries that have yeah, been that's, outside. That's the dumb part. Of the Earth. They don't trust... Uh... Did they go into flight plans at all in that in that documentary? No, not really. Uh, I watched uh, H-Bomber Guys video on Flat Earthers and uh, that was a very funny part of that video because uh there was a flat earther youtuber guy who uh part of his evidence in quotation marks about the earth being flat was uh you know because how do planes work (laughs) so he pointed out how there was all these like you know well look at this this plane has to stop here and then stop here and then stop here that doesn't make sense why doesn't it just go from point a to point b Instead of stopping at C, D, and E along the way. I know why. Because the Earth's flat. Because it can't just go... You know, if the Earth was round, it could just go to point A to point B really quick. And then it was like, you dumb motherfucker, planes don't have infinite fuel. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically what the the anti-argument was. (sighs) Shit was funny. Oh my god. But anyway... uh. It was it was very interesting. Kind of explored the uh, the community behind flat earthers. Yeah. Kind of more than it did the actual theory. Okay. And like kind of just like interviewing people who believe in it, and like they talk about their sense of community and like how it came up, how how it kind of rose to where it is right now. Okay, sure. Because like I was saying before, because of the internet, it's such a popular conspiracy theory now. There was a lot. They they had an international flat Earth convention a few a couple years ago. I think it happened every year, but the one they were filming, I think, was like two years ago or last year. And uh, there was a holy fuck ton of people at it. It's a lot of people. I'm wondering how much of that is like going about it from like a shit posting standpoint. No, 
No, you don't no, think so? I don't think so. I don't think there's it's really hard for that me many. to know or judge. I don't uh, think there's like, that many. I think well, there's it's a easy lot of for people. me to judge, but it's maybe it's a situation where, like, when when Trump was running for president, and there was people that supported him on the internet, a, a part of me felt that there was a lot of people that were doing it semi-ironically because. Trump was like a meme president, you know yeah. what I mean? Like but then, it was but then he joke. got elected. But then he got elected, and it kind of changed what I thought of the whole thing. Like, it's not like he got elected because people were playing a joke. Right. So, yeah, maybe people are stupid enough to believe the Earth is flat and actually support it in mass. I don't know. Oh, yeah, it's a big I, thing. It's kind of um, sad, but hey. But then they were watching him try to kind of go through and talk about how they don't believe scientists or NASA or shit like that. And... <sighs> There's them doing their own. There's a couple segments of them doing their own scientific experiments, and then the data would point towards the Earth being round, Ho-ho! and they would just ignore it because that's what conspiracy theorists do. Fake news. They set on what they believe in, and when they get stuff that contradicts that, they just they they come up with some excuse as to why, and that's that's how they do it, and they just keep going. Hey, I understand. When I'm doing bad at a game. Definitely the game's fault, not my fault. Right. <laughs> Same mentality, except with uh, with the harmful ideology. Yeah, I don't. It's not very harmful. No, I think it's just stupid people being stupid. I look at that very much in the same sense that I look at like people who like go out in the woods with like certain tracking equipment to go find Bigfoot prints or like footage of Bigfoot. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's similar. like. Ah, what's the worst that can happen? You actually find Bigfoot? That's, I guess, the worst that can happen. The most likely scenario (laughs) is you don't find Bigfoot. Right. Uh, But, like, you know, yeah, it's a lot of wasted time and resources, but, you know, what isn't? Yeah, I mean, we... we... Everybody has their weird hobby and their weird thing that they do. Uh, If if you want to believe the Earth is flat, you're stupid. But, I don't know, it's way better than being like Sandy Hook was a hoax. I think SpaceX, Elon Musk and all of his riches, should uh, should take a bunch of people who believe the Earth is flat and just put them in space. Yeah. That would teach you real quick. Yeah, that, that'd make you go, oh, shit! You see how it's a sphere? You dumb fuck! Out the window there? <laughs> They think it's some kind of simulation or something. Now, do do they... How do they think people go from, like, the right side of the flat map to the left side of the flat map? Do they just not? I don't know. I, didn't I know part that. of that was outlined in the flight plans thing uh, as evidence that, like, that was something that people were being lied to about. Because, yeah, the only way you could go from the right side to the left side would be flight. I mean, well, I mean, in a globe sense, you know what I mean. Right. <laughs> in the actual realistic way it happens, you still have to cross an ocean either way. But, like, I don't know. It would make a whole lot of sense for me if instead of flat earthers, they were, like, tube earthers. The earth was, like, you know. A big tube? Yeah, it's like a Pac-Man stage where, like, if <laughs> you, you exit the, the hole on the right, you come out of the hole on the left. You know what I mean? That's probably what they say. It cycles think. back in and on itself, like, infinitely. Uh, which is how it works, except that's because it's a fucking sphere. <laughs> they think it's a dome. Dude, mostly, most Stephen them, King. Most of them think it's a big dome. The Simpsons movie. 
And then it just... I'm out of Biodome. I'm out of Dome movies. And then, they, of course, they think that the sun and moon uh, revolve around it, which is... Uh, Do they think those are flat as well? Probably. Oh, that's interesting. Well, some of them also think that they're just lights. <laughs> I'm not kidding. The moon's a light? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, dude. <laughs> oh, that's a nice hit. Mm. Do you enjoy that weed? That is sweet. Sweet. Yeah. It's very interesting. I, I recommend that you watch it. It's I, only. I think I would. It's actually. only an hour and a half long. It's very fascinating. Yeah. It 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 follows a a loser nerd who had a big <laughs> YouTube channel uh about about flat Earth and then his his compadre that he does a podcast with then a couple other guys including this dude and the first shot of him is just like him fucking juggling a bunch of shit and reciting like every state from memory. <laughs> And like he's like, I'm super smart. The Earth is flat. Oh my god! <laughs> it's so funny. Fuck a stupid ass. That's amazing. You dumb. You dumb, bro. You dumb. I mean, I love documentaries about people that, like, you know, I would never want to know in real life. It's like watching them from a distance is interesting. Right. And that's what I found fascinating about about Beyond the Curve. There. Yeah. Okay, I got you. You watch it. Everybody okay. should watch it. It's, 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 it's fascinating. Uh, I have a soft spot for documentaries. Me too. It, it depends, though, because there's some that are, like, out there, like, you know, a recent one, just a recent example I could think of is, like, that Michael Jackson one. Yeah, no. Nah. Where, like, I don't know if I want to watch that. I don't. I'm fine with, like, believing it and, and not discrediting it, but I don't know if I want to be that depressed. I'd have to be in a mood. I would have to be in a mood. Right. I just don't think... I don't know. It's... I mean, I, well, it could be fascinating. I'm also not too huge on crime documentaries anyway. And that is yeah. technically a crime documentary. Some of those feel slightly exploitative as well. Yeah. Um, Not all of them. Some of them are good. But, like, you know, like the ones on, like, True TV where, like, they, like, tell, like, a true crime story with, like, bad reenactments. Yeah. And, like, bad gore. <laughs> Like dumb shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Those are thank horrible. you. Those are horrible. Oh god, yeah, they are. I can't, I can't stand. But like, that yeah, shit. there's like sometimes where it's like, like even like dumb shit. Like, uh, uh, this isn't really dumb shit, but like, uh, do you ever watch videos on uh the YouTube channel Down the Rabbit Hole? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched one. Uh, there's one of those that I've been avoiding watching because I know part of the story and it's super depressing and fucked up. Uh, and that's on Temple OS. Oh yeah, and uh, I, I so I've been avoiding watching that one because it's like two hours of like misery. <laughs> I don't know if I really want to subject myself to it. There's parts of it that are funny, like look at this crazy guy, but then there's parts of it that are like, uh, so like, it's it's tough. It's tough sometimes. So, I I do like things and find things like that interesting, but sometimes it's hard to like want to subject myself to that because usually when I'm going to watch something, it's because I'm like, you know. Hey, I want to enjoy myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <sighs> anyway, speaking of enjoying yourself. Did you? What do you mean? While watching Alien Resurrection? Sort of. <laughs> at, at times, I also I wanted to die, but, you know, hey, whatever. What are you going to do? Man, your cat has been meowing the whole time. I know he is going off. What does he want, dude? I don't know. What start, do you want? Start talking about Alien what Resurrection. I'm gonna go find out what he wants. He probably wants outside, uh, cause he's a madman. 
Dude, Jusby, I drove past your house last night on the way home from work. And your cat was lying in the middle of the street, like a madman. He didn't even move out of the way. I had to turn around him. Oh, my God. He's an idiot. Probably shouldn't let him outside, but hey, whatever, I know. It's more your parents' thing than anything else. All right, Alien Resurrection. Who boy. Don't let Jusby fool you. It is a great film. So good. I'm, I'm just kidding. It's bad. It's really bad. It's so fucking bad. Listen, my cat was taught, and now he can't realistically be untaught. Just like how Hollywood has been taught, and now cannot be untaught to make really fucking shitty sequels. I know. I just wish your cat would get films. hit by my car. You know, hey, I don't want to be responsible. Me too. For <laughs> it was so funny. I stopped my truck in the middle of the road, and he just stared at me. Like, like he recognized me. It was really weird. It's like he was daring you to do something. Yeah, yeah. Fucking run me over, you. Bitch. Come on, motherfucker. <laughs> It's like the fucking seed from the Dark Knight. Come on, come on. I want you to do it. I want you to do it. Come on, come on. Hit me! Hit me! <laughs> so, um... Where do we even fucking start with this fucking trash? I don't know. Um, a, a guy smashes a bug and flicks it to a window to start the opening credits. No, 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 no. He doesn't just flick it. He puts it in a straw and oh, he shoots spits it. it like a spitball. And it's disgusting. It's the grossest it, thing in the movie. And it literally foreshadows the end of the fucking movie. Oh my god! Wait, no, it actually does. Yeah. Fuck off! Ah, that's so stupid. <laughs> it fucking does. As soon as that happened, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That was the point of that dumb shit at the beginning of the movie? That was the point? Are you fucking kidding me? That's what this movie is. You look at this movie the entire time and you just think, are you fucking kidding me? That's what Alien Resurrection is. So I haven't watched a trailer for this movie. I mean, why? But I I, kind of felt myself wondering, like, remember when we watched the trailer for Halloween Resurrection? Yeah. I mean, this is a slightly different scenario, but, like, we, we didn't know that it was just Jamie Lee Curtis dies at the beginning. Right. Lori dies at the beginning. Because uh, they make it seem like she shows up in the middle of the plot, in the trailer. Um, do you think the trailer for this movie shows us that Ripley is a clone? Or did they just say, like, fuck it, everyone will be confused, fuck it. Because the last we saw Ripley, she got burned alive in lava. I don't know, I'm sure they did. Do you think they did? Do you think they were like, yeah, Ripley a clone? Or just be like, Ripley's alive somehow, and you're like, what the fuck? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so, that's a terrible idea, first off. Let's say that out of the way. Ripley is not Ripley in this movie. Ripley is a clone. Ripley 8, if you will. It's the 8th attempt at a clone, and it actually worked this time. And uh, it is cloned by, uh, I guess we'll just start going through the story, if you can call it that, of Alien Resurrection. It's something. Uh, hey, the title actually kind of has to do with the plot of the movie even though it's just a generic sounding title alien resurrection and I'll give it I'll give it credit for that it sounds better than alien cubed <laughs> so, <laughs> never forget uh, this movie had its fair share of funny moments and I think as a whole like maybe not on purpose funny moments but nothing beats cigarettes cigarettes is legendary. That's the uh, that was the best moment of all the alien movies so far. I don't agree, but <laughs> or, or the aliens alien. has a good actual ending. 
Oh, you mean like when when the uh, alien queen rides an elevator? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> all the memes we've created are so stupid. I love it. Uh, all right. Um, yeah. I the idea behind Ripley being a clone is dumb, it's but horrible. I guess it kind of makes sense. Nope. But it's just like, why would you make this nope. the plot of your movie? So there's another corporation. It's not Wayland Utani. Uh, this like uh, this just weird group of military scientists that are just not really abiding by military code, I assume, and and they clone Ripley for the sole purpose of getting the alien queen out of inside of her. Yeah. And uh, interestingly enough, this only makes sense if you watch the director's cut or whatever assembly cut of Alien 3 because in the theatrical version of Alien 3 as Ripley is falling into the lava the alien bursts out of her chest in a terrible sequence of CGI right and then she burns and dies meaning that her DNA would not have the alien in it correct that's what i would say cuz it already burst out of her she her clone would not have the alien in her right i i would assume so I would assume, yeah. So, it only makes sense with the assembly cut. Which didn't exist when this came out. Right. But I digress. Um, maybe that's why they changed that for the assembly cut. So it makes more sense in the continuity. Doesn't really matter, though. So, uh... They're only cloning her to get at the alien queen. Because, of course, they want the aliens. So that they can, you know, whatever. Use sell them. As, them use, use them as them. a weapon. Yeah, uh, our head scientist here is Brad Dorf. <laughs> He's Dorf. back. We've seen him in movies here before. He was in the Rob Zombie Halloweens as Sheriff. And he was actually good in those, actually. I'll give him credit for those. Good role in a shitty film. Uh, here, he's actually bad. <laughs> yeah, he's really bad. <laughs> um, This is closer to what I expect Brad Dorf to do, actually. Uh, he kind of is ca- atypically cast in uh, the Halloween movies because he's like a heroic or, or at least like normal person. Uh, he's a cop. He's not like a psychopath murderer man. Like his most iconic role is Chucky, the doll that kills people. So usually you'd expect like when he's cast in a horror film for him to be playing a crazy role. And, and that is the case here. He's a crazy scientist that like, seemingly is so obsessed with the aliens that he maybe even wants to fuck them uh in a very uncomfortable scene where he like tries to make out with one against the glass basically god that was uncomfortable Ugh. didn't like it uh but you know of course the aliens get out because they're they're smart they're smarter than people give them credit for uh the way they got out was actually kind of neat i liked it uh, yeah, there's three of them there's three of them in a in a cage yeah uh, they kill one of them to make the acid blood burn through the bottom. The, of the aliens cage. kill their fellow alien to make his acid blood burn through the floor, and that's how they escape. I guess we should go into how they even make aliens at all, because all they have is the eggs from the alien queen, and it produces eggs. But they need you need to put those eggs you need those eggs to hatch and make a face hugger, and you need to put those face huggers on humans. So enter the mercenary people. Who sell our good old scientist mercenary, I mean, sorry, military wackos, uh, a bunch of uh, stolen humans and pods? Yeah, and cryotubes. And cryotubes? Yeah. 
that's kind of fucked up that they just like kidnapped all these people in stasis to sell. Do you think they knew they were doing human trafficking? Like, are these people that scumbaggy? I think that makes sense. A lot of them seem like scumbags. Yeah, I think they, they had to have known. Mm-hmm. So. <sighs> That's fucked up. What a great cast of heroes we have for our film. <laughs> no one's very relatable. Or likable uh, at all. Yeah. So our mercenaries are, uh, um, we got Ron Perlman as Asshole Man. Uh, <laughs> I was talking with my friend, uh friend of the show, friend in real life, John Krebs, and he said he looks even uglier in this movie than he does normally. It's true. He said he looks like a literal penis. It's very true. That's with scary. scars. The scarred <laughs> penis. Ouch. Take that, Ron Perlman. Oh, man. he He's just like a, a, a typical Ron Perlman character <laughs> when he shows up in things in bit parts. He's just like an asshole badass man who is just a jerk to everyone uh but we also got you know our captain and he's dating a girl that is like the co-captain and they have annoying banter that made me roll my fucking eyes where he's like hey you want some coffee Ooh, maybe i'll just get some milk uh yeah ooh, uh, uh. why don't you come in my mouth he's basically, they should have just said that you mean the entire time he's just saying you want to fuck yeah and why even like, dance around it and she's like huh no why even dance around it? It's fucking annoying. Just be like, hey, I'm going to put my dick in your face. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, puts his hand on her shoulder. Hey, baby, I'm going to put my dick in your face. <laughs> Why'd you say it? Like- and she's like, no. I pictured Johnny Bravo when you said, hey, baby. Hey, baby. <laughs> hey, sexy mama. Let me put my dick in your face. <laughs> Whoa, do the monkey with my face. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, yeah, we got them. We have a uh, crippled mechanic guy who um, I think was my favorite of them, but he is also annoying. But he was my favorite of them because he at least, like, was kind of more of an underdog. He's mistreated by a lot of them, but he actually was more capable than, like, most of them. A, a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, I didn't hate the, the black guy either. He was cool. He had, like, these fucking weird guns that, like, went up his sleeves on these mechanical things and then went to his hand. Uh, he was, and he did like some revolver ocelot shit later on, which yeah, was insane. Bouncing bullets off of fucking walls. That's not shit. how physics. No, it's <laughs> not how physics at all. Um, and last but not least, uh, did I forget any of them? I don't really know. I think I got them all except for the the one I'm about to say. Yeah. Winona so. Ryder as uh, I think a rookie member of them. Yes. Um, should we just get into the plot? Yeah. Spoiler now. Yeah, sure. She's robot. Yeah, she's But not robot. just any robot. Robot created by robots. What? They um, don't really expand upon that plot line, but they drop it. And it was like, I was more interested in that notion. You know, like, how do robots make robots? Than I was in a lot of the movie itself. Why would robots make robots? Yeah, like, what's and, the point? And, and, like, is that... She was like, as soon as that revelation dropped, everyone was mean to her. Immediately. Yeah, apparently, well, apparently they outlawed androids. Uh, is it because of stuff happening, like, in the first Alien, maybe? Yeah. That'd be interesting. Uh, so kind of what they were saying is that the androids were pretty much gone, or at least those, at least her model was okay. completely gone. 
Yeah, they said something like they had to go report to, like, be decommissioned or whatever. And, like, she doesn't want to. Like, maybe the flaw is that they have more human emotions than they should. Which would line up with how she acts in this movie. She doesn't act like a robot at any point. Meaning the twist comes out of nowhere. That she's a robot. You don't understand it, really, that she is a robot until she, like, gets killed. But then just comes back like nothing happened. She just has a hole in the side of her with milk leaking out. But anyway, uh, so... That's our cast of mercenaries, and they deliver all these humans for our scientist friends to experiment on and make aliens. And then the aliens escape, obviously. But before that, we gotta play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> of course we have. To. Yeah. Well, uh, we we the, our mercenaries meet Ripley, who they keep alive, and uh, Ripley. God, she's weird in this movie. I, I can't even really praise... I usually want to praise Sigourney Weaver's acting, but it's a little too weird in this movie. She does what she can with the material, but, like, oof. It's not good material, and she can't really do anything with it. Um, because, unfortunately, she has the tall order of um, portraying Ripley, but also at the same time portraying a clone that doesn't really know what it is or what it should be. But also portraying someone who is slightly sympathetic to the cause of the aliens and slightly enamored with them because it feels like... It has a motherhood bond to it's it. It's the alien's mom. Uh, very weird mix of things there. And none of it really works. Because, uh, like, obviously Ripley hated the aliens because throughout the three other alien movies... So it's weird to see her in that role here. Right. I didn't like it. You know, you're trying to tell you the whole time, it's not really Ripley. It's like, yeah, but like... Yeah, but like, can it be Ripley? Because I would rather watch that. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so they meet her, and uh, we get hints that because she's a clone, she actually is like uh, physically enhanced, has good reflexes, and is basically superhuman. As a result of all this. Yeah, which is strange. But... Um, and, and she also is half alien. Yeah, it's like, what, what it is, is like, way. when they were making all these clones, apparently the alien's DNA got fused with her own. Yes, so she has acid human blood. Kind of. Yeah. Um, but anyway, basketball. Uh, she's just playing basketball, and then... <laughs> Obviously our mercenaries come up to them, and Ron Perlman's like, Wanna fuck? And she's like, I want to play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, interesting uh, trivia here. So there's the shot where she uh, throws it overhead and it gets in the the hoop, right? Right. So that was a real, that was actually Sigourney Weaver doing that. Uh, there's a, a fake trivia that she did that in one take. No, took several takes. <laughs> well, I'm that's sure. a really long, hard shot to make. Uh, but really funny trivia is that after she did that, Ron Perlman immediately broke character, turned to the camera, and said, Oh my god! <laughs> 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 of course he would. But that was the only take they had of that moment happening, so it cuts away very quickly before he can do that. Because his character's supposed to be mad because she just rammed him in the nuts or whatever the hell right. happened. Um... Because she, like, fights him off because he's being, you know, sexual assault man. <laughs> I love their protagonists. They're all pieces of shit. 
Yeah, and then uh, With no redeeming quality. Things come to a head shortly after that, where uh, Winona <laughs> tries to go kill Ripley because she knows that she has the alien in her somehow. From, like, reading records or whatever? Yeah, she reads records and knows that this project is happening. It makes more sense when she knows she's a robot, so she probably just accessed records yeah, in that's, general. Right. Um, and uh, she gets caught doing that because the mercenaries, like, have a deal to stay there, but they're not supposed to go to unauthorized areas. And that's an unauthorized area. And then they're like, you know, you guys got to get the fuck out of here or, or there. I think they just actually go straight to we're just going to kill all of you, all the mercenaries, which, uh, es- et- et- geez, escalate the situation quickly. The captain right. of the mercenaries and the guy in charge of this facility seemed like, you know, decently tight, not overly tight, but they seemed acquainted, acquainted. So like, it's kind of weird that they just immediately jump to we're going to kill you. Right. <laughs> But uh, they don't, because we're dealing with a bunch of badasses here. Uh, Black Revolver Ocelot just takes out a bunch of them with his clang, 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 bouncing off walls power. Don't know how he does it. Don't know how he does it. Played a lot of Metal Gear Online to get that skill. He's got Predator blood in him. (laughs) He's a clone. He got the dreads. He's halfway there. Oh, shit. Yeah. Shit, that was right. And he's got the arm gun. Do they? I guess a different kind of arm gun. But arm gun. <laughs> well, close enough. <laughs> um, so, and then if obviously uh, they have worse problems because the aliens are out and about and they're killing everybody. And uh, then we uh, get a, a, our small team, which is our mercenaries. Uh, chief scientist man. Not Brad Dorf, but another scientist man. Right? Yeah. Not the head of the ship, because he gets killed, right? Yes, yes. Because he's more of, like, a military guy. He gets chopped. He gets, uh... There's a really great moment where, like, they take out a bunch of the aliens by throwing a grenade into an escape pod, and then they shoot the escape pod out, and it blows up uh, all the aliens that are on it. And he salutes the open space because a lot of soldiers just died. But then as he's saluting, an alien appears behind him, and he's like, uh, and he looks behind him, and then the alien plaps him in the back of the head. And I was like, yeah! (laughs) Fuck you. Dope. Lots of good kills in this movie, I'll give it that. It's fun in that regard. It's about all it's got. There was a great one where uh, the captain of the mercenaries gets killed, and then he has a fucking gaping wound from where the aliens killed him, and an alien... The alien that kills him gets close to that wound, and then a gun comes out of the wound and kills the alien, and it's Ripley. That was fun. That was a fun one. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So, uh, our group is the mercenaries, Ripley, scientist man, and then one military guy who is played by fucking Tuco from Breaking Bad. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Tight, 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 tight. (laughs) And he was okay. And eventually they come across um, the pod room, the cryo chamber room, and there's one guy left whose chest burster didn't hatch. And he wakes up and he is hella confused. Right. <laughs> I actually kind of liked his character because, like, it made sense. All the writing for him made sense because he was just ultra confused and pissed off. 
<laughs> when they were all arguing about everything that was happening, he's just like, what the fuck is going on? What is inside me? Ah! <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I can relate. <laughs> very, yeah, I can relate. Even watching this from the outside, yeah, we still don't know what the fuck is going on. He's like the only person I can even identify with in this movie. <laughs> he's the only real protagonist. <laughs> uh, he's the only everyman, really. You yeah, know, that's kind of what this movie is sorely lacking. There's oh, yeah, no for everyman sure. character when your recurring main character is now this like weird antisocial clone that kind of thinks that the aliens are her kids it doesn't work to be sympathetic towards that character no and and, and not nobody else really deserves your sympathy or respect because they're dickhead mercenary men who like to drink and sexually assault people sometimes yeah yeah there's almost no redeeming qualities about any of the characters in this movie yeah they're just all shitty yeah, besides besides the one guy. And you can make a movie that's like just all shitty characters, but it's still good. But I don't know. I feel like sometimes in a horror movie, you need somebody you can identify with. At least one. Or at least sympathize with. At least one. Right. Everybody else can be a dickhead. Those are your victims, you know. That's the, that's the common thing to do. But you need at least a final girl or something that is like a character that is identifiable. <laughs> movie doesn't have that. No. So... We keep going through the... They're trying to get to their ship so that they can escape. Uh, and then eventually they learn that uh, this entire space station is set on autopilot to go back to Earth. Which is the first time I think we've even talked about Earth in this entire franchise? No, no, they talked about Earth a little bit before. Where at? Uh, aliens. What was the? Was she on Earth? No, she was on a, she was on a ship, but they talked about Earth. Okay. And her daughter and stuff. Oh, all right, I got you. I didn't remember if they mentioned Earth specifically, or if like we're at the point where we just live in space colonies and other no, planets. No, that's where we're at with Alien Resurrection. In the first two movies, we were not. Well, that makes sense because, like, what's the time skip between Alien and Aliens? Was she in a pod for sixty years or something like that? Something like that, yeah. And then from Aliens to Alien three, uh, it's instant. I don't think it's instant, but we don't know. But it can't be that long because no. the Aliens, the Alien happens right so it's got to be a short amount of time yeah i would say so um at most like a couple but i don't weeks. know how cryostasis works i don't know if time happens still it can't like if like if they landed safely newt would still be a little kid right even if it was 60 years later right okay uh i don't know how that works necessarily but like it's not like ripley aged because she would be dead um yeah yeah it couldn't have been that long after so but this movie is 200 years after Alien 3. They even say that Wayland yutani is dead. Which, in a really stupid, stupid uh. throwaway line. I should mention that we watched the uh, the special edition. Because all it does is add uh, 13 minutes of extra footage. And I wanted to see this extra footage. Because most of it's the only stuff of like related lore to the previous movies that we actually get. A lot of that shit was cut out. And this that scene was one of them. Where they even discuss Wayland yutanis existence at all. Uh, Wayland yutani got bought out by... Walmart. Uh, Get it? That's a reference. Ha ha. Uh, God. Bad line. Terrible line. Jesus fucking Christ. Stupid. Yeah. Just like most instances of Ripley actually talking about her actual past were omitted. There's like a moment where they're like trying to like see what the clone responds to. And there's like a little girl and 
she reacts to that and I think that was removed and I think her talking about Newt but not knowing Newt's name because she couldn't remember to the the robot Winona was removed just it's stuff that doesn't even make sense to remove because like you'd think you'd want every little bit of reference to the good alien movies as you could yeah not here <laughs> not here at all yeah just trying to do their own thing and it doesn't work yeah but uh we do get a cool se- sequence where like it was probably hard to shot kind of impressive where they were underwater yeah. And swimming away from aliens. And uh, the CGI wasn't too great. And it, wasn't and it isn't throughout the entire movie. It looks like right. shit. Right, yeah. But, I mean, it was still a cool idea that the aliens are swimming after them. And they looked really cool doing swimming motions. Even though they looked like bad CG. And even though they were underwater for like five minutes, they should all feasibly be dead. Yeah. They should all feasibly have drowned. Yeah. yeah. Do it. But they get out of there, and I don't remember if anyone dies on the way to there, but then they get to the ladder, and they're going up the ladder. And uh, Winona Fake dies, but they think she dies because she gives uh, the scientist guy, who they don't know if they can trust him or not, a gun to open a door with, and then he turns it on her for because he's an idiot. And he's like, hi, you shouldn't have trusted me, and then shoots her. And then he gets away, and he's trying to go steal the ship for himself to get away. Which, like, fuck that guy. But, you know, whatever. He gets his comeuppance because movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But whatever. Uh, Revolver Ocelot dies. It's sad. Uh, He's been hauling uh, the crippled guy whose wheelchair is gone um, around. Uh by the way, I really liked that he had a gun hidden on his wheelchair, and then earlier in the movie he passed through a metal detector and was like, what are you going to do, search my chair? Yeah, that was cool. Is They probably should have, because he has a gun on yeah. it. That was a good touch. I liked that. I kind of liked his character, actually. He's the only likable person in the fucking mercenaries, because they're all shitty. He also fucked an alien up with that gun. He did. That was dope. He was more capable than he should have been. He was trying his best to save his friend Revolver Ocelot by climbing up the ladder instead. But it didn't really work because, you know, it doesn't. They both fall, but then Winona saves them all. Except for Revolver Ocelot. Yeah, he He did. sacrifices himself and falls into all the aliens. Which is sad, because you'd think he would have done better since he can bounce bullets off of walls. No! Uh, I don't remember who else dies on the way there. He can't be accurate while setting up for his death. Uh, oh, the girl dies. She was a very undeveloped character. She only existed for the guy to say he was going to come in her mouth, and then that was it. Yeah. Thanks, movie. What a well-written female character. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. And uh, so they keep trying to escape. They eventually get to the ship uh, with the help of uh, the newly discovered robots. uh accessing the mainframe and closing doors and shit or whatever or opening doors and shit yeah yeah and uh now we get a weird the weirdest shit in this movie yeah this is definitely fucking this is some shit uh ripley hears the aliens through the floor and then like the floor opens up and she falls down into like a pit and then this ends up being where the alien queen is and brad dorf's still alive webbed up like he's fucking frodo and shelob's lair 
<laughs> and uh, he's just like taunting and talking about how fucking great this all is. The fucking weirdo. <laughs> he's a weirdo. And he's like, yes, she has... The alien queen has your DNA in it as well and has a human reproductive system and she's pregnant and blah, blah, blah. And it's, oh my God, it's already reached gestation period. It's gonna, she's gonna give birth. And the alien queen gives birth to... A th- it's something. It's, it's a thing. It's, it, is, it is referred to in everything that I've looked up as the newborn. Um, it's an alien-human hybrid... Uh, oh, oh, we didn't mention earlier where Ripley goes and kills all the other Ripleys. That was another gross, weird scene. But I think that one was more effective. And actually yeah. it was one of the few moments where her character worked. Because, yeah, she would, like, be appalled and offended that they tried to make her seven other times. And they made monstrosities. The one that's like, kill me. And that was, like, really gross. Yeah. That was fine. It's a good horror moment. But, uh... So yeah, it gives birth to this thing called the newborn, and it like embraces. It kills the alien queen after being born, which is weird because that's its mom. But then it thinks Ripley's its mom, but Ripley's your grandma, dummy. Yeah, it's grandma. <laughs> and uh, Ripley like embraces it, and it's really weird and off-putting, and I hate it. It doesn't help that the thing is, like, gross and badly designed. Like, it's not even effective gross. It's just, like, looks stupid. Yeah, it's got, like... It, it kind of reminded me of uh, Pumpkinhead from those movies. Almost. It's got, like, a, a, a sort of humanoid skull. It's like Pumpkinhead made out of, like, earwax. It, like, gross looking. Yeah, I hated really it. really gross. Uh, didn't like it. Didn't like the design. Uh, and then Ripley is, like, sympathetic towards it because it's, like, it's like my baby. But, like, no, look at that. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> right. Now she eventually gets away from it. Yeah. And, uh, thinks that she gets away, and then they're all gonna escape, and everything's fine and dandy. But then, yeah, it's on the ship. Go figure. It kills Tuco. Kills Tuco. Sad. He'll never get to make that blue meth. <sighs> but, hey, he dies in Breaking Bad as well, so whatever. It's on brand. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um... I think it kills a couple other ones. Uh, the main scientist guy. Uh, and uh, the way they kill it is actually very anticlimactic and stupid. It was foreshadowed by the beginning of the movie, shooting the gunk on the window. Uh, they break a little tiny hole in the wall, in the window, as they're going through space, and it gets sucked out through the window. <laughs> a little tiny hole in the window gets sucked out through agonizingly slow. Yeah, just tearing its insides out of its body into space. Yeah, which was a, a fun effect. It looked horrible. It does look bad. It looked horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine only living for like two hours and then you get sucked out of a window. What a shitty life. Yeah. That that, that poor lad had to live such a shitty existence. Well, maybe you shouldn't have killed your mom immediately. Yeah, you fuck! Matricidal dickhead. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and that's, and that's the movie. Oh, yeah, they land on Earth. Um, oh, that's right. I our survivors about are Ripley, but not really. Winona, robot. Ron Perlman lives. Why? He was an asshole the whole movie. What did he do to deserve to live? I don't know. He And then the mechanic. And he kissed the mechanic on the mouth. 
And, uh, all right. I mean, just like, you know, being a, being a veiny, scarred dick makes you like mouths. <laughs> oh, my so, God. That's a disturbing thing to say, just because... <laughs> what, that Rod Perlman is a veiny, scarred dick? Yeah, but that he likes mouths because of that. <laughs> I must say dicks like mouths, and since he's a big, oh, veiny, scarred dick, Why? he likes a mouth. I don't want this mental image. Well, you got it. Imagine Rob Perlman inserting his head into somebody's <laughs> mouth. <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah, they land on Earth, they're like, what next? They're like, I don't know, this fucking sucks! And, and that, that was what it. the studio said as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, what everybody and audiences. says. Yeah. Because uh, let's get into who did this movie and what the fuck happened. Yes, I did. He was at the. I saw the director at the beginning of the, the cut we watched. He was like, I hope you enjoy this movie. I can barely understand a word he said. That is because he is French. Yeah. And when this movie was filmed, did not speak English and needed an interpreter. Oh, no. Maybe that, you know. Had a little bit to do with how this movie came out, but doubt it. Actually, I can't even really say that. Like, I don't know. I think it's just a collective effort on everyone's, and it's like people who usually like I expect better from. Uh, yeah. Directed by John Pierre Junet, I, I want to say. Yeah. I don't know how to do French pronunciations. I took Spanish in high school, and I failed it. Yeah. So so I don't really know what to tell you. There's only one language, and it's Merck. <laughs> Give me a Budweiser. Uh, so he is actually kind of an acclaimed French director. Uh, he has a lot of successful movies under his belt. He uh, He's had three BAFTA nominations for Best Director, and he's had two oh, Academy Award nominations for his film... Uh, that came out a couple years after Alien Resurrection. Amelie, or Amelie. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. A-M-E with a thingy over it. Yeah. <laughs> L-I-E. I think it's Amelie, um, but yeah. That's his most famous work. Uh, but uh, he has other movies that are like pretty well highly regarded. And then Alien Resurrection. So it's kind of weird that this even happened. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know what. Uh, he worked with Ron Perlman in a movie before that. So that's why Ron Perlman's in this. And he also worked with the actor who plays uh, the wheelchair guy. So that's why he's in this. Um, I forget that guy's name. That guy's name is... Uh, I think Michael Wincott? Maybe I'm wrong. What is the name? Oh, no. Dominique Pignon? Pinon? Okay. Okay. Um... Well, it, well, and then this was written by Joss Whedon. Yeah, which is, uh, uh what a hit and miss career that this man has. Yeah, I want to say that, like, it's disappointing, but at the same time, he has done a lot of things that I don't like. Right, he's hit or miss. Um, Avengers 2 yeah. is something that has a lot of good moments, but I kind of dislike. And I'm not, I was never a big fan of Buffy. I know that it has a huge fan base. I like Buffy. I've, I mean, I, I might give it another shot down the line. I mean, it's cheesy, and you have to, like... That's okay. ...know that that's happening, but it's fun. I've never given Firefly a chance. I should probably do that one of these days. Um, I've never seen Firefly either, but I heard yeah. I, a lot of people like that. I, he's kind of somebody that's been, like, collectively just, like, dismissed 
recently. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think part of that has to do with, like, his, uh, pro-feminist stance and then all the things that, like, his nasty divorce kind of, like, brought up about him. <laughs> and now people are kind of like, eh, I don't know about his Joss Whedon guy. Hmm. What's well, that? And also, uh, like, yeah, you could have that standpoint, but then, like, is evidenced by all of his writing in movies. I don't Well, yeah, agree. Uh, even in this one, we have just weird scenes where like you could say that like Ron Perlman's character is a critique of like macho annoying men but then you have people that like I think we're supposed to be endeared to like the uh like the crippled guy but he makes a gross joke as well in this movie yeah and 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 then we have just like the couple the captains talking at the beginning of the movie and they are obnoxious and that dialogue is atrocious. And a lot of bad dialogue in this movie. I would honestly prefer Joss Whedon to write "Come in my mouth" instead of what was said. <laughs> right. And just the, the weird writing overall of like what was meant by any of that nonsense with the newborn alien and Ripley being in love with it. Not in that way, but like you know what I mean. Like a mother-son relationship. Was very strange. Um, So, I I don't know. I I guess it's weird that uh, this movie happened so quickly. At least in comparison to the other Alien movies. Because it took a long time between Alien and Aliens... And then an even longer time between Aliens and Alien 3. Because, well, we know how crazy that development process was. So there's like five different versions of shit. Right. I could tell this time they were just like, let's just hire somebody and he writes the script. And we're just going to do it no matter what. And they hired Joss Whedon. And then it didn't work. No, but at least they stuck to one thing and didn't second guess themselves nine times. Uh, Whedon's first screenplay for this had a third act on Earth. And then they fight aliens on Earth and fight off an invasion, basically. Because now there's, like, a bunch of aliens on Earth would be the premise of that. And then that kind of turned into the movie ends before that part. But there was a proposed fifth film, if this one was a success, it wasn't, that would take place entirely on Earth for the first time. And we get to see what Earth is like. It doesn't look great from the end of this movie. It looks very, uh... Fucked. Apocalyptic. (laughs) Which makes sense, because it's like 2,400-something. Uh, but obviously that never happened. Um, Sigourney Weaver only really, like, she was very down on the concept of another one. She felt like Alien 3 ended it. And even then, I bet that, like, the finished product wasn't up to what she wanted it to be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because Alien 3 is a mess. Um, but... At least through the script, she was intrigued by the concept of kind of playing a different character or a different version of it. And in other quotes and things, she uh, appears disappointed by the result of Alien 4, obviously, but was disappointed because she wanted there to be more after that as well because she thought that, like, eventually Ripley would regain her humanity and there would actually be an ending to that character. Granted, that character did have an ending, it was in Alien 3. Right. But 
for the clone established, it would have an ending later because the character development wasn't fully complete by the end of this movie. Absolutely. Uh, so their first choice to direct this movie is Danny Boyle, who uh, most famously at the time did Train Spotting. Oh, he says no. Right. <laughs> right. Then they ask Peter Jackson, and like, oh my god. I would have loved to see that movie. Maybe not specifically with this script, but like Peter Jackson is great when he does a, a, like even a blockbuster thing or a small horror movie. And he's great with gross out effects in his, you know, 90s crazy horror movies. I would have liked him to do the proposed fifth one. On Earth? Yeah. Maybe. I would have liked him to do something more along the lines of, like, a completely different isolated movie in this franchise than having to deal with all the preconceived bullshit, uh, Joss Whedon bullshit that right. was written in the script. Uh, Peter Jackson said he couldn't get excited about an alien film. And uh, I can kind of understand that at this point in the franchise. So he said no. Their third ask... Uh, this is in the late 90s, and in 1995, a little movie called The Usual Suspects came out, so they asked Brian Singer, and Brian Singer said no. Uh, he was a hot commodity at the time there for a while, and eventually Fox gets him on the hook to do X-Men movies. Uh, I'm glad Brian Singer didn't do it, because, you know, as dumb as this movie is, at least it wasn't directed by a problematic person. <laughs> uh, at least I assume. I don't know anything about Jean-Pierre. <laughs> and then they get him. Uh, because the film producers uh, were impressed by his uh, previous movies, thinks he has an interesting visual style. And uh, he was surprised by the offer. He thought the franchise was over with Alien 3 and believed that a sequel would be a bad idea. He was right, but he made the movie anyway. Of course. So he requires an interpreter for the entire filming. He doesn't speak much English. Weird, weird idea. Now, uh, I'm going to show you a picture here. Uh... <laughs> oh, no. Wait, I have it saved in my phone. That's a better version of this picture. Um, now, I'll post it along with uh, the link to our uh, video on Twitter here. Uh, so you guys can see it. Uh, but uh, NSFW... If you oh, will. Oh, God. Uh, so this was the original design for the newborn. and uh, Horrible. It was designed to have genitalia, which was digitally edited out of the film. Because this was the costume that they used, or the animatronic that they used, sorry, for the creature. That was mostly animatronics, which is what I would prefer them to go with over oh, yeah. CGI. They still do did a lot of practical in this movie. We weren't in the 2000s yet where everything became CGI. Right. Um... There was a lot of it, an obnoxious amount of it. Um, but, so, for some reason, they designed it to have both female and male genitalia combined into one new genitalia. And I just don't like how it looks. Oh, it looks awful. <laughs> it looks very terrible. Uh, and that leads to this. Fun quote. Oh, my God. Who, who's, who's, who's making the quote? Let me get up here. So they, uh, I don't know. Let me just go through all this. 
there was an early concept to uh, make this thing look more human than it does. And more like Sigourney Weaver. Because that's the idea. Uh, is that it's half her, half alien. Right. Um, they thought it would look too familiar to the design of the creature from the movie Species, if you remember that movie. So yeah. they decided against it. That movie came out in like 95. Um, oh yeah, here it is. So our director was adamant. This is all from Wikipedia. You could look it up if you want to. Adamant about the hybrid having genitalia which resembled a mix of male and female sexes. 20th Century Fox was uncomfortable with this. <laughs> yeah, However, sure. And Janet eventually changed his mind, feeling that, quote, even for a Frenchman, it's too much, end quote. <laughs> My God. <laughs> So they remove they removed the genitalia during post production uh, with CG. Uh, but it's it, you know as much as I hate the way it looks, it was an impressive feat. It was an animatronic that needed uh, nine puppeteers. Holy shit! So um, the filming of this is further complicated by the fact that uh, at the same time in Hollywood, Titanic, Starship Troopers, and Jurassic Park 2 were all filming. So, there's nowhere to film in L.A. <laughs> so, they finally find somewhere in uh, San Diego, I think. And they figured out uh, the swimming sequence was the first thing that they filmed. And they required all the actors to uh, learn how to swim and learn how to, like, swim well. Uh, most of them were fine, but Winona Ryder, I guess, nearly drowned at the age of 12, so she had significant problems with this scream, uh, this scene. Uh, she suggested using a body double, but uh, according to her, she, she knew it would be too obvious for audiences to tell that it wasn't her because of the hair length. I guess. That's at least according to her. Uh, so she did film the scene, but she suffered from anxiety on the first day of filming. Yay, movies! Woo! <sighs> and then the basketball thing, which I already mentioned. I think that's about it. Oh, um, so... <laughs> the CGI in this movie, uh, the company they contacted to do the CGI was Blue Sky Studios. And there's a little movie... That, uh... That they Jude was. was impressed by oh, God. Uh, the CGI in. Uh, and that's why they went with Blue Sky Studios. You'll never guess what this movie is. It hit me. Joe's apartment with the cockroaches. Oh, my God. Dancing around the toilet and shit. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> he was impressed by that, and he was like, oh, they make great aliens. Oh, my God. <laughs> It was a different time for CGI. I'm sure that was impressive at the time. Nobody had seen CGI like that. Maybe. Right. You know what I, I mean? Just, I don't know. It was man. a lot. It was a lot of it. There's a lot going on. <laughs> uh, different so time. Funny. It's it's easy to be cynical about this now. And obviously Joe's Apartment is not a movie that many people remember. Or should. I remember it. I own it on DVD. I'm sorry. Do you or does your dad own it? It's my it dad's, DVD? but like Yeah, I was gonna say so. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
So, yeah, obviously it came out, and, uh, yeah, no one liked it. it, it yeah, no how one. hard did it bomb? I need to look at the stats. Um, it's the lowest grossing alien movie. Yeah. It probably contributed a lot to there not being a sequel. Right. And uh, their plans for a fifth movie were kind of stalled, and they decided to work on the next movie that we're going to watch next week, Alien vs. Predator. Which is still an alien movie, but it's also a Predator movie, so they were like, ooh, people actually go see that, because, like, it's both, and people will be intrigued. And they were kind of right, because I think the box office of that yeah, one was Yeah, the box office was, did pretty good for that movie. It helped actually. that they dumbed a lot of it down and made it PG-13, but we'll talk about that next week, I'm sure. Uh, Roger Ebert said, in his negative review, there is not a single shot in the movie to fill it with wonder, fill one with wonder. Uh, and he later said it was one of the worst films of 1997. Uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Overstreet said, it's time they quit killing the aliens and just killed the alien series altogether. <laughs> How yeah. the mighty have fallen. Uh, so... In 2005, someone asked Joss Whedon what he thought of it. And he said this. Because uh, he was unhappy with it. And this is what he said about being unhappy with it. It wasn't a question of doing everything differently, although they changed the ending. It was mostly a matter of doing everything wrong. They said the lines, mostly, but they said them all wrong. And they cast it wrong. And they designed it wrong. And they scored it wrong. They did everything wrong that they could possibly do. There's actually a fascinating lesson in filmmaking because everything that they did reflects back to the script or looks like something from the script. And people assume that if I hated it, then they changed the script. But it wasn't so much that they changed the script. It's that they just executed it in such a ghastly fashion as to render it almost unwatchable. Damn. Uh, which is interesting because I actually disagree. <laughs> yeah. I think this movie is pretty particularly poorly written. Oh, yeah. I don't know if any context could actually improve upon the dialogue in this movie, which I assume is the same in the script, judging from the statement from yeah, the... Like the literal lines. If they said the lines, those were your lines, and those lines were shit. There are lines that are meant to be funny. This isn't really... like. There's this famous uh, quote from Whedon about the original X-Men movie that he co-wrote. Uh, and he... Uh, I, I think he has a credit for that movie, but he said they only kept one line of his. And that line is... When Storm kills Toad, she says, you know what happens to a Toad when it gets struck by lightning? The same thing that happens to everything else. And then Toad is struck by lightning. Right. And that part of the movie sucks. And he said, I... I, I don't know the actual quote. I can't quote the actual quote off the top of my head. But he basically said, I still think that line is good, but it needs to be delivered in a different way because... Halle Berry saying it's straight and serious doesn't really work. It should be said with a hint of sarcasm or whatever is what he's saying. I don't really think this is that situation though, because no. a lot of the, it's, it's a key difference. A lot of the lines in this movie are delivered as if they are supposed to be funny and are delivered with a, sen a sense of sarcasm. And none of them are funny, but none of them work because they're just bad lines. Yeah, it's just... 100%. Yeah. Everybody did a bad job on this movie. Wayland yutani being taken over by Walmart is not funny, Whedon. I'm sorry. You may think it's funny. It's not funny. It's really not. Just kind of dumb. Now, Whedon is good at humor. Yeah, sure. But it depends. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. 
That's the only resurrection. That movie sucks. Lowest on the list. Yes. I, I, oh, yeah, easily. Uh, this is a weird string of movies here because it just keeps getting worse, doesn't it? Yeah, pretty much. I, don't I mean, it started out great and then continued to be great until, like, Predator 2. And then it was just, like, watchable. And then Alien 3 was, like, bad with a couple fun things in it. Right. And then this is, like, terrible with almost no redeeming qualities except things that I laughed at because it was so bad. I will shout out the one thing that I think works perfectly fine and is perfectly funny from Whedon's script, if it was in the script. Which is, as they're climbing up the ladder, Ron Perlman shoots at some aliens and is trying to hurriedly scurry away from them up the ladder. And then he sees a spider on the rungs of the ladder and he goes, ah! And he shoots the spider with his giant fucking future Yeah, gun. that was funny. That's the best shit. <laughs> that was funny. So it has that. And that might be enough to say it's better than AVP2. <laughs> so we'll yeah, see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see next. We'll see in two weeks. Next week is AVP. Fuck. I'm also going to PAX East. I'll talk about that. Oh, cool. And all the stuff I did and all and the I'll games talk I saw. About, I'll talk about The Walking Dead, which Fuck. is almost as exciting. Uh, no. <laughs> I'll also talk about... I can't wait to take a nap. I believe I mentioned I was doing this, but maybe I didn't. And maybe I just said it in passing among friends. I am... For for you people, I'm doing this to myself. I am reading every single crossover between Aliens and Predators and DC Comics. Oh, God. Uh, just, just to clarify what that includes, um, that is Batman vs. Predator, Batman vs. Predator 2, <laughs> Superman vs. Aliens, Batman Aliens, Batman vs. Predator 3, Superman vs. Predator... Green Lantern versus Aliens, JLA versus Predator, Superman versus Aliens 2, Batman Aliens 2, and finally, <laughs> Superman and Batman versus Aliens and Predator. Uh, I'm going to read all of those. I'm going to subject myself to bad comics for you guys, and I'll tell you all about them. Great. Can't wait. <laughs> I think it'll be a fun discussion. Uh I'll start telling you about those next week, cause if I say I was originally planning on saving all of those for uh, the end discussion, where uh, we kind of just talk about these franchises as a whole and all the tie-ins and like games and all kinds of other media that isn't just the movies that we can mention and talk about. Right. But uh, I, I think there's a little too much to be said, cause uh, I actually do want to talk about Batman vs Predator actually. Right. Surprisingly, that one's good. Oh, I think weird. the rest of them are going to be bad, if I had to guess. But I was actually impressed with Batman vs. Predator. I'll talk about that next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And with that, goodbye. Go fuck yourself. Oh, God, the show's getting sucked through a little tiny hole in some glass. What?